you and I do not have the mental capacity to combine the number of ideas that this Franken bot already has done. Welcome to AB Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Hey, everyone. I am Alan Page, and I am here with my colleague, Jensen. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I, I wasn't I don't know expecting what I'm doing. the... <laughs> I wasn't either, but through miracles of miracles, we got Zencaster to work, and it gets you that three, two, one. As a risk of repeating myself, I'm not going to do on the whole rant I did last time, but I want to like Zencaster, and I feel like this is fr- this is a, what's frustrating is if I start off with buggy software and it gets better and better, I fall in love with it more. But when you have software that works and then stops working, it's really annoying, really annoying, or or the experience gets worse. It is frustrating. But anyway, uh, I think we're working. We have a backup going in place. I have the sounds coming in the right holes and out the right holes. I figure like it's a good place to do our last A-B testing podcast of the year 2022. 2022. That's the year. Yeah, good job. Not So do you remember a year ago? Like what we're going to do today, the usual end of year, we're going to reflect on the year a little bit and we're going to look ahead a little bit into the year. And uh, that's going to take about 40 minutes, I'm sorry to say. So if you don't care about that, then you can just wait till January for 172. Yes. But, you know, listen on. Yeah. You you, you never, never know what you're going to find out. So uh, <laughs> did, you, do we. <laughs> did you go back and listen to whatever episode it was, the last one from last year? Uh, no, I do recall that I did a shit job on predictions. Here's what I did. I did not go back and listen to it. It's like 159 or something. But here's what I did do. I got to tell you, and you know this, I'm going to repeat it for our listeners who may have forgotten. So since I left Microsoft, uh, the only Microsoft software I use is my Xbox and Visual Studio Code. And I think that's it, except for one exception, which I do once a year. And that is to load. I don't want to bother installing all of Office, but I load up Word for Web, whatever it's called, into my browser. And then I go to the the dictation thing and import and I import the MP3 of our of the podcast from a year ago, our predictions episode. And I let the translate function auto translate it from from the MP3. Oh, does that do a good job? You're no, saying not, we could- not, a, not a really very good <laughs> job at all, but close enough. I can give you're it saying, some context. You're saying we could have been doing crappy transcriptions forever then, huh? Yeah, the pro- it would just take so much editing to get it right. So I no, and I could there's a I didn't highlight there's a couple of really funny ones in there. Um, but you can kind of get the gist of it scrolling through pretty quickly. I get much, much faster than listening. I can just scroll, blah, blah, blah. But some stuff is surprisingly accurate. Do you want to let's maybe before we go into our predictions from last year, like how was your 2022? What was it like? What did you get done? Can you remember back to January? Do you, 
is it all a blur to you like it is for me? This year was mostly a blur. There's there's nothing I can look back on and go, yeah, 2022. I guess the only thing would be would be uh, the D. The partial decovidication of society. I mean, that was great. Um, I mean, a lot of the news reports coming out now kind of tick me off. But the fact that things kind of going back to normal ish ish. We just had a, a discussion with some of the leadership for our local office to talk about. We've I'm not going to rehash this because we've talked about this a few episodes ago. How do we get more people to go back to the office? And my my view on that is changing. My view on how do we get more people to go back is changing a little bit. It's more of why don't we just give up? Why don't we just have a smaller office? I think for a lot of tech companies, especially in places like here in San Francisco, where I uh, hear a lot of your breathing there, especially places like here in San Francisco where people are commuting from a lot farther away. Even for you, how long is your commute from where you live to the Microsoft office? It'll be between 15 minutes and 30 minutes. Okay. Yours isn't bad. I thought you were a little farther north there, but I make a difference. You, you, but you come in pretty early. So mine's yeah, about the, 25 from where I live to downtown Bellevue. I'm good with that. But a lot of people, especially folks that, that haven't lived here as long and they just live an hour away because that's where they can afford to get a house. And it takes a big chunk of commuting time. I'm kind of wondering at this stage of the pandemic, it's not over by any means, but we're at a stage where we're just learning. And we're getting to, towards where it's endemic, I guess, where we're learning to live with it. I never anymore have a time when I don't know anybody that has COVID. Like any day of the week, you can ask me, Alan, do you know anybody that has COVID right now? And I can tell you names of people. That's what it's like. And I don't, I, and I'm not that social. I don't know a lot of people. I always seem to know people who have COVID. Yeah. I don't know anyone right now. I mean, we, I guess we're not taking a poll oh, there, but well, so anyway, the, 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 the point I was going to get to is I think a lot of companies, I'm not saying my company or Microsoft or any other companies, we should just make co like our co-working places like which is kind of what our offices are now just make some smaller offices like my office typically has 30 to 50 people there a day the office holds 200 to 250 if we had an office that held 75 or 100 it would at least feel like an office it would feel like there would be some of that buzz and and some conversations happening that weren't just about work but anyway uh 2022 I can share so on that on that front, for example, I can share so we're here at Microsoft and I don't know if I've shared this, but I am often involved in like office moves. I'm I'm particularly good at figuring out who goes where type of thing. I even uh this year I did something I've been doing I've been wanting to do forever. I actually wrote an AI to to do it and figure it yeah, out. Yeah, you had mentioned that before. That's cool. Now, the thing that is interesting right now is we're we're in this Microsoft officially is in this weird place. We we are simultaneously do not have enough offices and have too too many offices. 
I or, can't or, wait. To, I can't wait to hear you explain this. Well, um, so when you were here, if, yes. if if you recall, there there were rules on like space and moves, right? Seniority rules, for yep, example. I'm sure. Uh, if you've been here eighty thousand years, you get you get the you corner know, office. Exactly. And over years, things have changed. Uh, for example, every move that I've done in the last, I don't know, 10 years, uh, if you're doubled, you get a window office. If you are a single or a manager, or for whatever reason, you get your own office, usually that'll be an inside office, right? It kind of, kind of appeals to A little bit of a balance to make it work. Gotcha. Right. Right. And of now, course, Microsoft being one of the only companies where employees have offices, but go on. And even that's changing, right? But even in the open space, right? If you have seniority, then you get you get the one desk where your back's against the wall and in a in a corner next to the, the window, yep, whatever. Yep. Right. So what's happening right now is a lot of those rules are still in place. And so there's a lot of people taking up space because they have seniority who are then not coming in. Aha. Uh-huh. And, and I, I have a story about that. Like when well, there's a break. Right. And then new hires are, are automatically being told, sorry, you will be working from home because there's no space here. Now, weird. I can't right? imagine that. Okay. This is weird. That it's a, it's a weird thing. And lastly, Someone did some bad scan. Um, you know, we you have a you have to scan a badge, and approximately eleven percent of our populace are coming in into the actual office. It's all weird, and and Microsoft leases a bunch of buildings, and and found out that we're going to give up the lease on one of the buildings, and everyone's all freaking out. Where are we going to fit all the people? I'm just like, yeah. You, you got rules from 1998 that are making it difficult for you to figure out this problem. So, for example, one of the the things that I did for my manager's recent move, I went to I, I did it data science way. I said, OK, based off I, I did a poll, has a bunch of people. OK, seriously, though, you know, in the next hundred days, how many times do you think you're going to come in? And they answered honestly, and I guaranteed that they'll have a desk. And then I rearranged people based off of the probability that they're going to be in. And so then you could say, all right, the the probability this office is going to have at least one person in, in on a particular day is going to be 0.8, right? Anyway, you take that, you rebalance it, and uh, you end up, with everybody being able to be guaranteed a desk, uh, not 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 having to turn it away, like if I were to show you right now, you'll see that even I am I am currently doubled up with a desk. This is a All coworker, right. a coworker of mine who comes in maybe once a month. Okay, you know, there's a couple things I want to share here. One is. Just sort of in the regular world, the non-Microsoft world, and in more open spaces, the idea of hot desking is just a lot easier. And you know, you were telling me a while back, maybe even a year ago, that Microsoft was moving towards away from desktop workstations and more towards high-end laptops to work from. Did that yep. ever become a thing? Hasn't become a thing yet. 
It has so become a thing. Where you know, However, we have, of course, some parts is, of our. Go ahead, Brent. It is still so. Um, not only high-end laptops, but uh, uh, an AVD instance, uh, an Azure Virtual Desktop instance for everyone as well. So we would all have pretty beefy VMs in the cloud. And that to me all makes perfect sense. And they announced this, God, nearly a year ago. Yeah. I probably should, I probably should. The way it works for us is we just have a, a desk reservation system and all the desks are reservable, either ongoing permanently or for a one off. And it's just first come first serve for the most case with a few exceptions and you just reserve your desk you show up you plug your, there's monitors there you plug your laptop in we have lockers there where i keep my portable bluetooth mechanical keyboard and and mouse and yeah i just sit wherever but i've been sitting in one seat regularly now which is non-reservable because we have i won't even name any names but we have one person who's a senior vice president, reports to our CEO, who has a permanent desk in a very nice spot. And I know he never comes to work. So I moved all of his stuff into a file cabinet. And I've been sitting at that desk because I like it. <laughs> so I always have a desk. I just work there. And then a lot of times I go in and I'm in you know Zoom meetings all day. But anyway... The laptop works well. That does just just as an aside. Does the senior VP know you're homesteading his desk? Um, maybe I don't think I told him that I may just take his desk over. He didn't say anything once on a call. He's one of these folks who splits his time between Seattle and California, and I think he's been mostly on the California side in a while. So yeah, that's where we're at. So gotcha. Anyway. We talked last year a little about the pandemic and COVID. Do you remember our conversation? We've had multiple of those okay, conversations. So I'm going to go back to the specific episode 151 and talk about some of our predictions last year before we begin looking forward to the next year. So one of the things was that um, I said that I wasn't planning to go to the office at all in 2022. That ended up changing. I got bored of working here probably the last three months. I've been going to the office two to three times a week. So I was wrong. You also mentioned that Bill Gates had mentioned that the pandemic would be over in 2022. And I don't think we dove enough into the definition of air quote over. Like I, it's not over unless you could say it's just endemic. I don't think we're quite too endemic yet. So I think it's not over. I think there still is a, a COVID pandemic. So Bill Gates was wrong. He was wrong to hire me too. Uh, you know, even though it's several levels of indirection, but whatever. I don't know who has the authority to declare it over, uh, but our president stated it was over on September 21st of this year. Well, he was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. Uh, just, you know, yeah, he was wrong, but at least he didn't come out with his own line of trading card NFTs of him dressed as a superhero. Yet, uh, who knows what is, <laughs> who knows what his son's doing? Yeah. So a year ago, we were talking a little bit about your art. Are you still painting? No, I haven't. I haven't 
So what happened? What happened? I usually you're showing me stuff like what happened to your your up and coming painting career. So I'm going to restart it. Actually, I had a conversation with my daughter when I dropped her off today. There is this cool uh, online class that costs, I guess, like $400 that I can make Microsoft um, pay for with that that random benefit that I think came into play when you were still here. Yeah, some sort of education benefit. Is that what it is? Might have happened after I left. It's all right. No, they 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 took when they when they changed it such that you had options other than the pro club, mm-hmm. right? You could sign up for a pro club, or you could get X amount of dollars back for whatever the hell you want. Right, that's what I did. I did that for the last couple of years. So yeah, yeah. And at that point in time, the whatever the hell you want, it had to be something fitness related. But they've since changed that. And it can kind of be whatever the hell you want. Oh, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I asked my daughter if that would be something she would want to do with me. And she's like, as long as we're doing it together. And I'm like, oh, wow. But she's about to turn 13 and she still wants to do things with dad. Yeah, oh, that's I'm, nice. I'm in. She's like, yeah. who, knows how, who knows how long that's going to last. So, yeah, no, I painted I painted one thing uh, this year, and I hated how it came out. I never actually finished it and shredded it. It's one of those things where, where the nice thing about painting, particularly like oil paints, you screw something up, it's very, like anyone who's watched Bob Ross, right? Happy little accidents. You could easily... Uh, fix it watercolor it soaks into the it soaks into the paper and it's a lot harder to do that and then when you stare at something and you go oh i see mistakes everywhere uh as part of my qa training right it it still sticks with you you see negativity everywhere and then i go and it's beyond my capability of fixing it so I can either keep it here until I find a way to fix it or uh, I'm going to shred it, uh, which is what I did because I'm like, I can't stand looking at it because <laughs> it right. frustrates me. It's broken okay, well, and I can't I, fix I, it. I'm glad you're getting back into it. Uh, a couple, Actually, I want to look forward yet. So I want to look back on our predictions from last year and, and add some few notes in there. One thing I did in 2020. So here's weird. Something I've done the last six months that everybody else did at the beginning of the pandemic is I have I grew my own sourdough starter and made have been making sourdough bread. It's been coming out better every time. Are uh, you still I, using the you're using the same? Um, yeah, yeah, it's mother. in the refrigerator. Nice. Yeah, I, I made my own mother. That's so cool. So it, you know, it, it's just you get the whole wheat flour and get to pull in yeast from the air, which is generally including at least some yeast from my body. So it is, it is literally out. It's like made from me. Made so I, with love. So I did that. And so we spent some time last year talking about streaming services and what we've been watching. And we just, my wife and I just wrapped up watching Wednesday last night. And this is where it gets blurry. I can't remember what I watched this year versus last year. I did two years ago. You recommended what was it with the masked singer, which I still don't like. And I told you that last year and you said you liked it, but whatever. 
Um, so I watched the Reacher series on Amazon was really good this year. I've read all the books. Andor is is I think the best star. In my there's a discussion to have here. Andor I think may be the best Star Wars series on Disney. Now interesting. I just finished Andor. I th- this week, like I think Tuesday. And I was surprised with the end of the episode, right? I'm like, what? What that, or it's season rather. That's the end of the season? But what's he going to pick? <laughs> Wait, we kind of know, oh, spoiler. We kind of know by yeah, the smile yeah. <laughs> what, what what's going to be chosen. I thought, I don't know. I don't, like, I, I felt that like a good deal of the Star Wars mythos was... Uh, I don't know. Neglected. I don't. It felt. It felt like a like they had taken a, a template of some form of similar script and just mapped it to the Star Wars universe. I yeah, mean, it I, is. Kind of, maybe that's why I liked it. It was definitely a more mature show. There's no baby Yoda in this thing. It was dark and serious all the way through. Maybe that's Mandalorian. Why I liked it. Mandalorian. I liked Mandalorian. I guess that was last year, but I liked Mandalorian so much more. I mean, the, See, the I, Roku character could could. I mean, who cares? But the 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 Mandalorian character, that character was awesome. I know, but it's it's lighter, and maybe it's just me, and I like the darker stuff. But what else? Uh, what else was good this year? What did you see on the? Um Oh, did you watch the one on Hulu? Do you have Hulu? The one where I really like it. It's the chef in Chicago who's a like a decorated chef who goes back and it's a drama, not a reality show. Restaurant. I uh, the bear, the bear, the bear. That's it. That was really good. The bear, the bear, as in growly thing. Yes. Okay, I love cooking themed things of all sorts i have not um, you should check that out but you know what i've been watching there's a show on netflix called drink masters it's like a food cooking show except they're making mixed drinks and it's delicious to watch i no longer have netflix and it took forever it took forever to finally let go of it it's not coming back it's not coming back it can stay gone so did what did Netflix do to hurt you? It 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 had it essentially canceled uh Iron Fist. That's what finally pissed me off. I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, that wasn't that good of a show. And I, I had I was a big I'm a big Marvel fan. I had the entire 15 issues of the Iron Fist run. Uh but it's a big fan, Iron Fist fan. That wasn't a great show. They didn't do a great job with it. They ended it horribly, but I no, like. Yeah, I think because they it got cut. Yeah, they said, "Can we please finish it badly with ten dollars and a piece of gum?" Yeah, and then with with the main hero having chi powered guns, what the hell is this? Yeah, it got weird. It <laughs> they, got yeah. weird. So, anything else good you've been watching? I have watched everything Marvel on Disney Plus now. Like literally everything. Same. You go even like the stupid like five minute clips about yep, I've, I've I've watched those too. Yep. I finished uh about three weeks ago. I finished 
I hadn't watched all of Agents of Shield. That is now over. Yep, I, I watched. I watched those uh, when they were on network TV. All of them. I like I said, literally everything on Disney Plus Marvel I have seen. I think it, that's a very good series from beginning to end. Lots of fun. Yeah. Although the Agents of Shield series, the last season, this is so effing weird. But it was clear they were just trying to tie things up. Hundred percent. Similarly, I have HBO Max, so I'm similarly almost through the DC stuff. Yeah, I have tried to get into like the Teen Titans and those series on there, and I just can't. Oh, Titans! I've gotten through. Oh, oh, and the episode one of series four, uh, uh, season four of Doom Patrol came out this week. I haven't if, tried watching Doom Patrol yet. Oh, if if you haven't watched Doom Patrol, oh my God, it is, it is abs. In my view, it is absolutely the best thing DC has made ever. Well, it's not a high bar. Flash is pretty good. The Although CW I, Flash. Yeah, yeah, but that I, was good. I I did watch a season of that. Uh, it's kind of like I don't know if because my childhood was ninety eight percent Marvel and two percent DC. That's kind of what my it's hard for me to get into the DC shows, but I'll give it a shot. I'm going to put Doom Patrol on my list. Doom Patrol is way better than Mass Singer. Uh, I got it. Again, low bar. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other one I, I am up to date on is The Boys on Amazon. Yeah, you can't, I couldn't. I did not like that at all. I And actually... I was just going to get mad at you for recommending it, but I see other people say they think it's awesome, but I just, it didn't click for me at all. Uh, maybe, maybe you just didn't get through enough of it. All right. Well, um, maybe I'll try it again. I'm going to put it here. I may give it a shot again sometime. I have a whole crap ton of work to do, but I have those weeks off. Maybe I'll do some streaming, check those out. Come on. So anything else from the, the streaming world worth mentioning for our, Fans who want to get that. We don't have fans. Uh, people that tolerate us. Hey, <laughs> speaking of people that tolerate us, without looking, I would like you to guess how many people were in our Slack group a year ago versus today. This is one of the three.slack.com. You can go to moderntesting.org, click on the link and join. Sometimes it comes back and says the link is invalid. Just try it again because it just does that. It's a Slack thing. I am going to guess last year around 500 and this year around 1,000. Well, you're wrong on both sides. So we didn't grow a lot this year. So last year we had 742 members of our wonderful Slack community, uh, which is it's it's vibrant. People People ask questions about modern tests. Not like Brent and I have to go answer them. People help. People just talk about stuff and and some great conversations, some simulations on of Chat GPT having an AB testing podcast, which are kind of hilarious. Yes, um, they, we, we those added funny. we added 122 members to our Slack over the last year, which is you know, all right. So we went from 742 to 864. If we do another hundred and I mean we're we're on that pace, ramped up a little bit, we should finally get to a thousand next year, which is a pure vanity metric, but well, <laughs> it means nothing. 
On our way to a anything. million. It's not like we're doing hypothesis. Brent, I think if we talk about the boys on the podcast, we'll add 10 more people to our Slack community. We should have a channel because channels are free in Slack. Why don't we have a channel in our Slack to discuss what is good on streaming television? Why does that not exist? That's a very good point. Somebody um, will do it now. Thank you. Thank you, whoever created that channel. Uh, please invite me and I will put links to everything I've watched. Why doesn't Netflix give me a year in review recap like Spotify? Why can it not tell me where I binged my time? Or same Spotify. same thing for Peacock or Hulu or or P- Paramount Plus or oh Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso also very good if you have Apple TV Plus. Oh, you probably don't have Apple TV because Microsoft ignores the existence of a company called Apple. Apple TV has a show called Severance, which is Utterly fantastic. Maybe the best thing I watched this year. It's a show. Let me give you the premise of this show just for you. Everybody else has seen it, Brent, but I will tell you. Literally, everyone else has seen it except for Microsoft employees because they don't believe in Apple. Because ever since Bomber smashed that phone, it's like it's like it's erased from the brain. Anyway, the, the premise of the show is this idea that your work life and your home life are severed, meaning when you're at work, you have no recollection of who you are in the real world. And then when you leave work, you have no idea what you do for a living. Just just, just know where you work. Oh, that would be so... And, and the moral implications of such an arrangement and ethical. And then what happens if someone decides they... Let me give you one little gist of a thing. doesn't give anything away. No spoilers. What would happen if someone at work decided, you know what? I don't like this anymore. I don't want to do it. And then they tell their boss that and their boss says, okay, let's talk about it tomorrow. And they come talk about it tomorrow. And there's a recording of the home person of that ver- home version of that person, meaning themselves. And they left work saying, no matter what, I do not want to quit. I'm staying in this position. So you're arguing with yourself. Yeah. No, I was seeing two different lives. I was seeing all sorts of, Right. You could be a PI in your job and be hired to investigate yourself. Anyway, really good. Really good. You should watch it. Even just get like, uh, I'm sure it may be pirated somewhere or you get yourself like a trial of Apple TV to watch that. You could like binge that and Ted Lasso and have a wonderful week. Okay. The last thing you said that I recalled from the translated notes, which I would like you to expand on, then we can look forward to 2023 a bit, is you said, which I think is true, but I want you to talk about it. Modern testing principles will safely die to some degree. Will safely die? Wow, that was generic. (laughs) That's how you get the... I said it was right. I didn't say it was good. (laughs) Yeah, it's... That's weird, because in some angles, it's, it's... it's hotter. Well, it's no longer a fad topic, I would say. Like when when we came out with it, right? It was a bunch of people. I, I I don't get a lot of people arguing against it with white knuckles like we used to. Yeah, but, I think and most also of, the point to bring up is we began to talk about what's the next evolution of those that isn't just tester focused. So that way, they you know, MT principles are dead. Long live MT. And we got to a point where we said modern testing is about testing, and it is modern. Right, right. Um, in terms of like the A-B testing, which is interesting because we, we've we had a few of our 
if we had a few of our listeners go, please, please don't go down that route around uh, user studies and A-B testing. I did a, I, I just like the rest of human society, I, I um, been fascinated with chat GPT as, as a knowledge, a knowledge graph, a knowledge mining tool along these lines. I asked it, I asked it two questions today and I didn't save the other one, which was more relevant. You know who Christopher Alexander is? Of course you do. Of course I do. Yeah. And I asked ChatBT to describe software quality in the spirit of Christopher Alexander. I also asked it uh, in the spirit of James Bach. Oh, God. It, uh, does it know who James Bach is? It does. That's cool. And I didn't paste the James Bach one, but obviously uh, you would read it and go, yeah. It, it did an excellent job doing that, right? Uh, what I find fascinating, though, is combining Christopher Alexander did not talk about software quality at all. Right. Right. He talked about quality. Directly. Not directly. He talked about quality and, and design patterns invented by him were for the express purpose of delivering quality. And, and I thought it did a very good job at this as well, right? The very first concept, it is a holistic concept that considers the overall functionality, usability, and value of the software, as well as how it fits into the larger system. That phrase or something like that wasn't in the chat GPT's expression around James. And if uh, I've read Christopher Alexander and I'm like, yeah, that's totally him, right? And then it continued on talking about the user and the well-being and satisfaction of the person using it, right? And I'm just like, okay, this, right? Clearly, I, I go back, winding it back to modern testing principles. I go back and I think about what was in my mind. And it's it's more of that that point of view that Christopher Alexander or Weinberg or uh, a myriad of people that, that we have talked to and talked about on the show. And it's, it's around the human and how the human is going to, to use the thing to bring, to make their life better, easier, stronger, faster, whatever. I completely forgot why, how I got on this tangent. Nobody knows. Brent. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were going to talk about modern testing principles, dying or not dying. And oh, we got, we, we got right. here. So wrap this up. So we, we have to start making predictions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think in some regards, I'm going to say it is in its, it's in its midlife. It's no longer sure. bored and exciting, but it's, it's, not dead yet. It kind of, you know, kind of like you and me. It, it just is around. Yeah. So speaking of not <laughs> dead, before before we go on to predictions, and this is kind of again another snapshot of the world. I was thumbing through my uh, RSS feeds. I, there was a time when I caught up on my RSS feeds every day. Now it's every couple of weeks I go see what do people write about. So I quickly go through, and I saw someone somewhere say something around, "What do I?" It was one of these like Quora type posts. What do I do? 
As a tester, what do I do when a manager asks me why I didn't find a bug? So today I tweeted, what do I do when management asks a tester, why didn't you find this bug? And my answer, of course, is first thing is that I get back in my time machine and get the fuck out of 1997. (laughs) And then, of course, there's going to be a few people who say things like, this seems like a legitimate question for management to ask. No, Uh, it's, it's just this idea of. I mean, it's a good, it's a, to me, it's a straw man argument that, ha- I mean, I, I think largely it's a straw man because most companies Wait, don't function like that. How can that be largely a straw man? And it's blatantly a strong man. I, well, I would say blatantly a straw man, except for I'm guessing that some places blaming testers for bugs in the wild is still the way they operate. I think it's completely idiotic. I think it's the fact that someone, anyway, I'm just, oh Lord. So anyway, there's a little bit of a reference to the future. Let's talk about the future where I already talked about the fact we're going to get to a thousand people in our Slack group. At some point it's going to snowball and then we're in trouble. Um, The other thing you almost got right was I asked you what would be the last episode of 2023, 2022. And you said 170 and this is. One, two, three, four, five, 171. So you're off by one. Sorry, man. And we'll probably get to some, uh, we'll probably get to 190, 190, 191 next year, 192, somewhere in there. I'm predicting 192. Okay. I say 191 and I have control over that. So I'm probably going to win, which means (laughs) here's the good news is that we're going to get to 200 in 2024. If we both live that long. But we predicted that. And we did. We did. Okay. So what else is going to happen in 2023? I wrote down two things in 2023 for sure. Do you want to share those things? Oh, and we didn't didn't talk. uh, What was your favorite episode this last year? Oh, I don't know. According to Spotify, uh, 155. Uh, when we had uh, Anne Marie on for oh yeah that was fun and she's popular she's more popular than us so she brought mm-hmm. in some listeners for us gotcha mine was a uh, of was was the one with Al because um, you like Al well, Al's, it's so Al's weird my to pal. think that was this year uh, it was it was January tenth so it was barely this year but right. it just and, and we have I'm not gonna. I'm not going to just going to hint at it. Our first recording of 2023, we have a guest who is going to be fantastic. Awesome. That's my prediction. All right. My prediction. Number one, hybrid will finally actually work. Talking about hybrid work or hybrid cars, hybrid work, hybrid, <laughs> hybrid cars. I don't know. Okay. Right? Hybrid work. Um, Again, can you do you want to define work a little bit? I think like anything works with the right air quotes around it. Uh, yeah, that's true because you're going to hold this against me next year, so I better be more specific. I think the 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 creativity of humanity and or the knowledge of of ChatGPT will work together to come up with a solution for dealing with individual as well as corporate preferences. 
right? The right. hopefully with well, we'll see. I never, I will never underestimate the power of short-sighted thinking. Um, so that will certainly throw a wrench in it. Uh, the the prediction I am absolutely the most confident in is GPT three which is the AI basis for things like chat GPT will be the fastest service online ever in humanity to bring in 1 billion revenue. What's their revenue model? Uh, I don't even think they have one right now. I want to ask chat GPT. What is the revenue model for GPT three? Okay, well that'll be that that one is good. I dig that one. Oh, I think I think they'll go from zero to a billion next year, and it'll be the fastest service ever in humanity's lifetime to do that. And once that is done, uh bets are off. All predictions are off because that is a massive accelerant. So do you think it's through I want to talk about this a little bit. Is it just you know, microtransactions on API calls to use that to solve all yeah. a, a myriad of problems. Cause I would, that would be useful. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I think it'll be. Yep. Okay. That's what I would do if I was them. I would, again, for the hobbyist, it would be nothing pennies to play with it. And for a corporation wanting to like, we can go back and look at this whole thing of 15 years ago, target using, data science air quotes to predict uh to know based on what somebody was buying if they were pregnant now this is accelerating that this is accelerating things like that even for companies because it's natural language based nlp as brett likes to put it this makes data science like that accessible for any company through some api calls and your prediction from three years ago where you're saying that data science as a role or discipline is going away become accelerated potentially by gpt3 oh uh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> like my my team focuses on natural language processing and i'm like okay maybe i need to lead the way here and guide my team away from that and start being one of the first to actually you know make the calls into gpt3 Matter of fact, just before our podcast started, um, uh, one of my peers set up a a meeting in the new year to to, to discuss GPT three and uh, a system my team owns, codenamed Wayfinder. So I'm just thinking through this, and I think you are hauntingly going to be correct on this because, you, as it is today, uh, GPT has. Its learning model is based on you know your login and what you've entered. So if you could have a learning model in a service, you say based on the data, these thousand transactions, what is the next step for blah? I mean, it could freaking do that. It could it could be decision. There's the creativity involved, which we talked about last time, but the decision matrix is yeah. I'm I'm on board with that. I support that prediction. So I have taken GPT three or, or Chat GPT. Like one of our threads on on our Slack channel 
where you talk about the modern testing principles version two and a whole bunch of the three came in and commented. Yep, they did. They did. I uh, did not read all of those comments. It was a very long reply chain, but I did copy and paste it into chat B- GPT three and said, generate, rewrite the modern testing principles in a way that makes everyone happy. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Would you like to hear them? One million percent. Yes. Number one, our priority is improving the business. It did not change that one. Nobody's mad. Number two, we identify, prioritize, and mitigate bottlenecks in the system to accelerate the team. Okay. Right. That, one that, of the, that took the feedback. It took the some feedback. People, for those of you not in the Slack channel, some people did not like, thought it was too prescriptive to mention theory of constraints and things like that. So, and, Well, and the other thing, too, was... Someone also said they didn't like that Accelerate was removed in V2. Number three, we are a force for continuous improvement and adapt and optimize our practices to succeed. To me, that feels kind of vague and hand wavy, but it's still got the, the, the thing across. Number four, we care about the skills and professionalism of our team and work to foster a culture of excellence. That's better than what we wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, I kind of don't. Oh, this is the controversial, but not controversial. Number five. Well, and but it did exactly what I asked. Number five, the customer. Number five, deleted. (laughs) Nope. The customer is the ultimate judge of the quality of our product. Okay, that's actually not horrible. Not a horrible it, reinterpretation. It's correct, but and it's written in a way that no one would disagree. But it did so. No, by but s- you're right. It 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 softened it. Where we say yeah. the only one capable, meaning stop pretending like you're the customer. And I told you I read Melissa Perry's book on, which is freaking excellent, called The Build Trap on outcome driven software development, and she talks about product manager. Product management saying some product managers say they are the voice of quality, which is so, which is kind of funny from the because testers always say we're the voice of quality, but she follows it up and says that but we're not use use the freaking data. All right, number six. It did not change number six at all. Okay, I we guess use data extensively to deeply understand customer usage, then close the gap between product hypothesis and business impact. Yep. Apparently, I wrote that one like a robot. Now it did change number seven. It's As still I expected it would because <laughs> that that one that one makes people mad too. Okay, we strive to expand abilities and knowledge across the team, aiming to eliminate dependency on specialists and consciously choosing specialties that the team can consume as a service when necessary. Oh, because that was in the discussion. I forget. Yeah, I don't know about that, but. I mean, I get it. I get the I get the origin story of these updated things and probably the ones that didn't change because nobody argued about them. If yeah. I would have put it in that thread, but nobody mentioned lemon pie, lemon pie would show up in one of these things. <laughs> we should. <laughs> but now now think of this is a I mean, it was a lot of comments, but but think of applying this across a much larger sample set. Boy, 
It's like yeah. I said last week, there are creative things I do. And I don't think very much of my job can be automated, automated away by chat GPT, but also maybe it can, maybe there are some things like leadership principles and things I think about around alignment that I could get written better as a result of some, some discussion. No, it's, so here is the thing, right? Where do ideas come from? It come from old ideas getting together, right? You and I do not have the mental capacity to combine the number of ideas that this Franken bot already has done. There are some very common detractors of modern testing principles. So I'm wondering I will- if I could if I could get if I could get this thing to rewrite it in the style of our detractors. <laughs> would- I and I think my prediction also is we will eventually have an episode of AB testing in 2023 where chat GPT or GPT-3 do not, but uh, worth it for today. Maybe towards the end of next year. My predictions are not for 2023. I do have a prediction for this weekend. I believe that Argentina will beat France on Sunday in the World Cup final. Um, that's what That's what I got. I don't think I had time to think of very many other ones. We will see. I'll, I'll see if I can uh, write some into the show notes if I think of any before the weekend. But it was fun to look back, fun to look forward a little bit. Uh, we will see what happens. I'm looking forward to – we're both kind of in that 20-ish episodes for 2023. That seems like a good pace. That means we go every other week, skip a few, make it all work out. Uh, every year I predict I'll get the guts to act, get Nicole Forsgren to come onto the podcast. So maybe I'll just – Throw that one out there again. That may happen, may not. Uh, we will continue to do guests from time to time. That's all I got. I'm excited about the GPT-3 stuff. We'll make that happen. So uh, anything else from you, Brent Meister? Nope. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, happy holidays. Have a good new year. We'll see you in January 2023 with a new episode sometime. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. And we'll see you next time on the A-B Testing Podcast. Dun, 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 dun.